Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Julie R. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, November 23rd. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page XI of the preface, second paragraph. And we're going to be reading through five paragraphs and only focusing our shares on the last paragraph read on page XII. Today's readers are Christine M., Ginger C., Lisa H. The reference number for Tuesday, November 22nd, is 9285. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for our members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Joanne L. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Julie. Thank you so very much for your service today, and thank you, everybody on the line. Joanne L. from Rhode Island. Here are the steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Joanne. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia, recovered for today. The 12 traditions. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page XI, starting with the second paragraph, because this book has become. We're going to be reading through five paragraphs, ending with the last paragraph on page XII, ending with, yes, I believe this program can work for me too. We will be reading the first paragraph for context only. Your shares should be on the four remaining paragraphs, any or all of them. And I will now ask Christine M. to begin reading. Yes, good morning, everyone. My name is Christine M., gratefully recovered in Missouri. 
because this book has become the basic text for our society and has helped such large numbers of alcoholics, men and women, to recovery, there is this strong sentiment against any radical changes being made in it. Therefore, the first portion of this volume describing the AA recovery program has been left largely, unt largely untouched in the course of revisions made for the second, third, and fourth editions. The section called The Doctor's Opinion has been kept intact just as it was originally written in 1939 by the late Dr. William D. Silkworth, our society's great medical benefactor. The second printing of the first edition added the appendix spiritual experience. In the second edition, the appendices on AA traditions, the medical view and religious view of AA, the last award and information on how to contact AA were added, and the appendices on the Alcoholic Foundation was discontinued. But the chief change was in the section of personal stories, which was expanded to reflect the fellowship's growth. Bill's story, Dr. Bob's nightmare, and one other personal history from the first edition were retained intact. Three were edited and one of these was retitled. New versions of two stories were written with new titles. Thirty completely new stories were added and the story section was divided into three parts under the same headings that are used now. In the third edition, part one, Pioneers of AA, was left unchanged. Nine of the stories in part two, they stopped in time, were carried over from the second edition. Eight new stories were added. In part three, they lost nearly all. Eight stories were retained. Five new ones were added. This fourth edition includes the 12 concepts for world service and revises the three sections of personal stories as follows. Our new story has been at, one new story has been added to part one and two that originally appeared in part three have been repositioned there. Six stories have been deleted. Six of the stories in part two have been carried over. Eleven new ones have been added and eleven taken out. Part three now includes twelve new stories. Eight were removed in addition to the two that were transferred to part one. All changes made over the years in the big book, AA members found nicknamed for this volume, have had the same purpose to represent the current membership of Alcoholics Anonymous more accurately and thereby to reach more alcoholics. If you have a drinking problem, we hope you may pause in reading one of the 42 personal stories and think, yes, that happened to me, or more important, yes, I felt like that, or most important, yes, I believe this program can work for me too. And um, what really stands out for me this morning is, um, yes, I felt like that, or most important, yes, I believe this program can work for me too. Because um, I, had, I had struggled in this program for 10 years um, before I got recovered. And um, one of the things that I struggled with was that pride in reverse that the 12 and 12 talks about, that, you know, thinking that I'm the worst person, you know, and that my story's different, I'm terminally unique, and that, you haven't been where I've been or done what I've done or been through what I've been through. So, therefore, um, you know, I can't relate to you. Um, you can't relate to me. And I would always look for ways to disqualify myself from this program. You know, and I had to learn in this program that, you know, whether I'm thinking of how great I am or I'm thinking of, 
you know, um, how much less than everyone else I am. It's selfishness because I'm still focusing on Christine, um, which keeps me sick. But, um, you know, reading the personal stories and seeing how different people from all different walks of life um, had um, worked this program and found a spiritual connection and had gotten recovered, um, I could no longer deny that, you know, um, that I'm just, I'm just one of you guys, you know. I'm not, um, it's not me and then you are me and those people. I'm, I'm one of you, you know, and I'm no better or no worse. And it didn't matter what walk of life I came from or what I've done or how much I've eaten or not eaten, that um, this program could work for me too. And I had the chance to get recovered just like everyone else in this program. And that was, that was huge for me um, to realize that. And it wasn't just the personal stories. It was also, you know, hearing people on this line and um, actually seeing this work in other people's lives as well that, um, that gave me hope. And so I'm just really, really grateful to be here. And um, this program can work for anyone if they're willing to go through the work and then um, live in steps 10, 11, and 12 in order to stay recovered. At least that's been my experience. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Christine. And, and I'd like to remind everyone that we are going to be sharing on any or all of the last four paragraphs read. And who would like to share? This is Jerry. Can I share? Kim G. Uh, okay, I've got it. Okay, hold on. Bella and Kim G, that's all I heard. Rita S. Somebody S. Reba P. Kathy C. Vasa O. Amy G. And before Vasa. Tina S. Okay. Tina S. Vasa O. Okay, we'll start off with um, Bella, Kim G., Reba P., Kathy C., Amy G., Chrissy C., Tina S., and Vasa O. So, Bella, go ahead on um, sharing. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G., and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Julie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Well, for me today... Uh, the most important thing for me is you may pause. Thank you, God, that I learned a new, a new behavior to pause because till I was in the program, I didn't know what means to pause. I didn't leave the present. I was living between the past and the future. I was angry, upset, and with lots of resentments about the past, and I was living anxious about the future. I didn't, I didn't know how to live the present, and I believe that I am living the present. I, didn't, I, I was afraid to pause. I was, I was afraid to pause because, oh no, then I will see how, how jealous I am, how stupid I am, how other people are so bad and mean. I was afraid to pause. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that now I learned 
you know, to be connected to a loving power, to an accepting power. Today, thank you, God, I am not connected to my ego, to my own self. I learn to pose. I love to pose. I am not running away. I, I know I have my character defect. And yes, thank you, God, living the 12 steps one day at a time helped me to deal, to deal with the present, to deal with the situation, to deal with the pain, not to run away, to pause. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And I'd like to remind everyone, if you're not sharing, please hit star one to mute your phone. Kim G, followed by Reva P. Thank you. Good middle of the night, Julie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Overeater. If you have a drinking problem, we hope that you may pause in reading one of the 42 personal stories and think, "Yes, that happened to me," or more important, "Yes, I yes, felt like that." I felt like that. But most important, "Yes, I yes. believe this program can work for me." Now, this is critical information for people like me who've been in Overeaters Anonymous relapsing over and over. Maybe you're on this line today hoping that this is going to be a different Thanksgiving, that this Thanksgiving you won't break your abstinence, that this Thanksgiving you'll stay abstinent. You know, I've had the same home group for like 15 or 20 years. It's always been a big book meeting. But we Kim, only I'm sorry. Could, could you hold on, Kim? I just, somebody's yeah. walking with wind. If we could all please check our phones now, star one. Let's mute the line, Julie. Okay. Everything okay now, or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Um, so we only read the stories in the back. So what we did is we just identified them with the disease. We never went to the instructions in the front of the book. You know, I remember in 2001 when the fourth edition was out, and I panicked because I loved the big book. And I looked in the back of the book, and all the stories weren't where they were. Dr. Alcoholic wasn't there anymore, and then I finally found out it was renamed to Acceptance is the Answer. And what does that mean that the acceptance prayer is not on page 449, it's now on page 417? So what they're telling us here is the purpose. What is the purpose? The purpose of the stories in the back is to get to the front of the book and do the instructions. That's why I love a vision for you, because we study the instructions. A healthy meeting has people who are recovered who can tell you what is possible. But what I thought was maybe if I can sit down and have a cup of coffee with Leah or, or Harlan or Joe M, or maybe if I sit down with Ruth, then I'm going to recover. But the fact of the matter is it's only when we go back and we do the instructions in the front of the book that something's going to happen. You know, I remember I was blessed to be flown out to Seattle last year to do a big book weekend, and everybody was so excited. And it was electric. And it was a bunch of people like me who've been in the room for decades, relapsing over and over. And they said, this is it. We're going to, this is, we're, we know the message. We're going to do it now. And I said, wait a minute. Didn't you guys have Harlan here a couple of years ago? And they said, yeah. I said, well, why aren't you all recovered? You couldn't hear a clearer message. Because it's not the message you hear. It's what do you do when the message isn't there. In other words, it's not what you hear in this meeting for, um, on, in the one hour a day. What are you doing the other 23 hours? You've identified in. Go to the front of the book. Do those instructions pause and identify in, but then take some action. 
And I'm going to end with this. I love dogs. I've always loved dogs. I always wanted a dog. I researched about dogs. I researched about breeds. Did all that. Believe me, I knew nothing about dogs until I got a dog for the first time 11 years ago. The reality of having a dog is much different than wanting a dog. The reality of working this program is much different than wanting this program. I hope you all not only pause, but you take action on what this program is telling us. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Uh, Reva P. followed by Kathy C. Good morning. It's Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Uh, What struck me was two things towards the end of this reading, the end of the last paragraph. First of all, the identification aspect that is unique um, in this program. And, you know, before I came into this program, there were professionals who tried to help me. um, But part of the problem, not all of it, part of the problem was um, they had no idea they had no idea what it felt like, what um, I thought like, because they didn't have the disease. And, you know, sitting in a room with other people who had done what I did, who felt the way I felt, and weren't doing it anymore, um, and who were talking and articulating what was in my head that I could never put together in words, that was amazing. But more than the identification, um, is this business of I believe this program can work for me too. And just has been shared, um, I feel the same way. There's, there's nothing unique about any one person um, in this program, and we all have the same 100% opportunity to recover if we do what other people do 100%. Um, there's no magic. There's no magic. And, and the way I know that we have this disease and that you know, we have a common solution is um, when I talk to other people who have totally different lives, live totally in different cities, and we are exactly the same in our heads. Um, but the biggest factor is not just like I had shared um, earlier, we don't just sit here and complain about the weight and the problems and the food. We have a common solution. And it says there is a solution. Um, The tremendous fact for every one of us is irregardless of what economic, social, cultural background we have, we have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news that this book carries to those who still suffer from um, compulsive overeating or alcoholism. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Kathy C. followed by Amy G. Good morning. My name is Kathy C. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Montreal, Canada. Um, here in the preface, you know, uh, I like to make clear that a preface, you know, is a brief introduction written by the author, you know, and here it's to grab the attention of, of the potential reader, you know. Initially, when we want to buy a book, we usually go to the preface and we want to see what's this book is all about what's it going to do for me is it for me is it something that i will uh, learn is it something of knowledge Um, how how will this you know be of any use to me so right here it tells us you know a bill was telling us if you are an alcoholic um you know you can recover you know the directions uh, in this book you know there are uh, stories of people of individuals other alcoholics 
and if you can identify with their problem, you know, you can you get the same result, the same solution. Um, so at the very beginning, you know, the the book is telling us, you know, we have we have a solution here. There, this is the recovery. You're at the right place, you know. Um, and to to continue on to list to um, read the stories, identify, um, and uh, and stick around, you know. Uh, and the program can work for you if it has worked for many others. Just with many others with the same illness, you know. Um, thank you, I pass. Thank you, Kathy C. And again, I'd like to remind everyone to please mute their phones, star one. And Amy G., you're next, followed by Chrissy C. Hi, Julie. This is Amy G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Maryland. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay, great, great. So, um, you know, talking about all the stories, it reminds me of the chapter and how it works, which is, Chapter Five. It says our stories disclose in a general way what we are, what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. You decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it. Then you are ready to take certain steps. So what these stories disclose is what everyone's talking about is an identification. You know, we identify in Chapter One in this book starts with Bill's story. Yes, we have to identify in because I don't know about you, but, I mean, you can tell me I have a disease. You can tell me what I need to do about it. But until I make that decision for myself, until I know for me as a compulsive overeater that you've been there, you have felt the way I have felt, you have done the things that I have done, then I'm only going to listen with half an ear. Because I have a disease that tells me my mind is warped. It talks about that in step one, warped by such a merciless obsession that only an act of providence can relieve me of this insanity. Because I have a disease that says, oh, no, you're the only one. You're terminally unique. I mean, all those slogans. I have a disease that wants to get up in my head, isolate me, and kill me. I have a disease that tells me that I don't have a disease, that that next bite won't kill me. And, oh, go ahead, you'll be fine. Try it on Monday. So I have to identify in. And that's why I believe we start with Chapter 1 with Bill's story. We don't start with how it works, Chapter 5. That's not the first chapter. The first chapter is identifying in. And when it talks about in this paragraph, yes, I have felt like that. You know, I'm kind of with Kim. You know, I, kind of, I grew up with the third edition, and when the stories got changed, I flipped out. I mean, I had a license plate. Talk about progress, not perfection in this program. I had a license plate that said page 449. It said PG 449 when the fourth edition came out. I was so pissed off. My sponsor grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and said, all right. And, you know, I'm one of those that had to even work <laughs> a resentment on the, that we had a fourth edition because the stories had changed. But the reality was my ego was a bit punctured because I had memorized pages and numbers. And I felt like really cool that I could quote you, you know, pages and stuff like that from the third edition stories. And I was pissed off that I had to change my license plate. But so what? The reality is how the feelings are. I can read Bill's story, and I can listen to his feelings. I can see his behaviors, and I can identify in. Do we have the exact same story? No, but we have the same bottom. We, I felt the same way Bill felt, and it's the same way with the new stories for me when they were new in the fourth edition. It's what they felt. It was their attitudes and their actions. It wasn't the era that they lived in. It was what they were doing. And what they were feeling is that I could relate to. My whole perspective changed when I thought about it that way. And I love these stories. I love them. I hope eventually there is another fifth edition with more stories now. But, of course, the first 164 pages stay in the same. 
And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Amy G. And Chrissy C., followed by Tina S. Hi, this is Chrissy G., recovering oh, from sorry. overeating. That's okay. Can I, can I go or no? Yes, yes, go ahead. Oh, recovered in New Jersey. I I love the um, the way the progression of the stories has changed over time because it just shows me the more things change, the more they stay the same. I, I It's so important for me to realize, you know, because I could – my disease could use any excuse not to identify. Oh, well, that was back then. They could, you know, that, that program worked for them. Their lives were simpler or, you know, and then as time goes on, I'm sure we will have, we will have stories that will be in a digital age that people who, who are isolated, uh, that, that get, get sober and abstinent um, via a, a telephone call. I, I just want to say that it's, not a once and done thing to identify because as time goes on, we the disease could morph. I I know that once I became a sober person in in AA and and God willing that won't happen a day at a time here. I started to not be able to identify anymore because my life changed. So it was like as as my life changes if I don't stay close to this program and continue to speak other other recovering people as examples, as role models, as people who before me and see that this this program could be applied to every area of my life and every stage of my life, not just in the initial stages of getting recovered, but staying recovered and continuing to work the program. If I don't continue to I, identify with people, if I think that I'm somehow different, and, and I've got it all figured out. Now that I'm recovered, I really don't need to continue to do the work. Or I don't, you know, I, I did a lot of service in the beginning. I don't have to do service anymore. It's nothing, nothing ever changes. I'm, I'm always working the same program from the beginning to, God willing, the end of my life, a day at a time. It's the same program. I might change, but the program stays the same. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Chrissy G. Tina S. followed by Vasa O. Tina, you're next. Thanks, Julie. Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Heard some really wonderful things again today. Uh, You know, one of the things that I really like about us reading this is that, you know, initially it tells me that the directions and the instructions in the big book have not changed. They stay the same. What has changed is all changes made were to the stories to represent the current membership. And I like, and it was just shared, I like that too, that, you know, uh, I, for one, when the fourth edition came out, I enjoyed the new stories. Um, and and I could relate, and I love that I could relate to the stories in the second edition, the third edition, and the fourth edition. You know, so I knew that I was in the right place, doing the right thing, one day at a time. And and uh, and 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 I was able to see that you know that, that the pioneers that first started that first were in this big book. You know, they came to understand a higher power which solved their problem. You know, and then they were able to live in a solution that so. Um, eloquently laid out in this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, what I, what I really remember is that before I came into recovery, I was a story reader. Let me just tell you, I love the happy endings. 
And so what happened for me is when I when I kept reading these stories, I finally got to that place that, yeah, that happened to me. Yeah, I felt like that. But most important, yes, I believe that this program can work for me too. You know, and I love and it has already been shared that it's that the program is not in the stories, but I get the opportunity to relate to know that, hey, if I want this answer, I can get this answer. And it's in in the first 164 pages. So I got to do the work, you know, and um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. And Vasa O, you're next. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Julie, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Florida. I had the gift of desperation. I had hit bottom. I had uh, been looking for the solution for many, many, many years to, you know, stopping how to eat, you know, how to get thin. Uh, tried everything that everybody else has done that I have heard. There were a couple more things I could have done, but I was afraid. Um, so for me, I was introduced to the big book right from the beginning. We didn't have, we didn't have as much OA literature. So I thank God somebody gave me the big book right from the beginning. And I said, well, I'm not an alcoholic. And she said, just toss alcohol and put food there. And I read this book. I read it from the beginning to the end. I read every story. I went home. I just could not put it down. I, I Yes, it says, if you have a drinking problem, we hope that you may pause in reading one of the 44 personal stories and think, yes, that happened to me, or, or more important, yes, I have felt like that, or most important, yes, I believe this program can work for me too. And it gave me hope. I, you know, I remember reading, and if, you know, if this many people have recovered, then I have a chance. If I take the action, if I follow the directions that are in this big book, and number one for me to put the food down, and that was a torture. Thinking that I could not have those foods for the rest of my life, I thought I was gonna, I was gonna die. And believe me, <laughs> I was going through the withdrawals. I wanted to get to throw myself on the floor. I wanted those uh, while I was going through the withdrawals. But again, you know, I kept on praying to God, please God, help me stay abstinent. And then working the 12 steps. Being abstinent, that's the solution. And I did not do, I don't do this perfectly, but I do, the, do it to the best of my abilities. And I haven't stopped doing this. There's no graduation. I've been doing this for 30 years. And this is my thir- 31st Thanksgiving, going, being abstinent and going through the steps. I don't even, I don't even count days or, or years any longer. I did at the beginning. Because I remember saying, I can't believe it. I'm doing one day at it. One day. It's another day. It's another day. After a while, I start counting. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, I'm going to sneak in here real quick. The last three sentences, yes, that has happened to me, or more important, yes, I have felt like that, or most important, yes, I believe this program can work for me too. You know, that describes how that we I we go through the steps and those three questions that should be answered in the first two steps you know has that happened to me yes have I felt like that yes do I believe this program could work for me yes and you know yes it brings hope I have to have hope because I never did before but when I first read the preface way back when I didn't 
get the totality of it. It was just a reading. But today I look at that, and that's when I really, really opened up and saw that I don't have to be like this anymore. The hope and those first two steps are so critical. Um, They're all critical, but I have to believe that I don't have to ever overeat again, and I have to believe that there's something more powerful than me. So those three statements turned into questions are very, very powerful. So who would like to share? Okay, I heard somebody like sounded like Harlan G. Okay, so we're going to start over. Harlan G. And who was after this Harlan? Deb W. I got you, Deb. Deb W. Renee C. Renee C. That's what I was missing. Reggie O. Reggie O. Sarah W. Okay. So I've got Harlan G, Nessa R, Deb W, Renee C, Reggie O, and Sarah W. Okay. Harlan G, followed by Nessa R. Okay. Julie, thank you for your service this morning. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Scottsdale, Arizona. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay. First, let me say, Kim, anytime you want to have that cup of coffee, you just let me know, baby. I will be there. I promise you. Um, One of the things that's very important to remember is why do we have these stories in the back of the book? When Bill Wilson is in his third hospitalization at the Towns Hospital in New York City, and he's under the care of Dr. William Duncan Silkworth. He is visited the day after he is admitted by Ebby Thatcher. But Ebby didn't come empty-handed. Ebby brought Bill something that many of the Oxford Group people had really enjoyed, and it was a book by William James called The Varieties of Religious Experience. And the Varieties of Religious Experience was written a little over 100 years ago. And William James, in this book, accounts people who found God. And they found God after hitting various bottoms, not bottoms of alcoholism or addiction necessarily, but bottoms in their life due to misfortune, due to whatever. And it talks about what happened to them, or excuse me, it talks about what they were like, what happened, and what they're like now. And Bill is reading this book and thinking it could be a useful tool. Now, they didn't know when they wrote the book that the fellowship and the meetings would be as ubiquitous as they are. They wrote the book with the intention that you could use the book alone to recover. And so in the back of the book were written these stories. Now there's 42 of them of people who found God through their alcoholism, hitting them down, beating them down, what happened, what their life, excuse me, keep making that same mistake, what they were like, what happened, and what they're like now. So we have information in the book to be sure, but we also must have identification. And it is through that identification one to the other that we can feel like, yes, I can recover too. 
before I close, I just want to say I I came in in 1979, three years after the third edition was published, and the story by uh, of acceptance by uh, Dr. Paul Paul O, who wrote that story. He's he's gone now. So is Max, but his wife. But 449 became like the secret handshake of OA and AA. If you knew what 449 meant, then you were in. You were sort of in the club. And then in 2001, when the fourth edition came out, everything was all screwed up. So I remember that too. But these stories are there because of the book by William James, The Varieties of Religious Experience. And this is what we come from. And it's very important to remember that identification is key to recovery. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Harlan. And I did hear you, Melissa C., but I didn't say it. You're between Deb W. and Renee. So next is Nessa R., followed by Deb W. Hi, thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R., recovered in Toronto, Canada. And um, the only requirement for membership is the honest desire to stop drinking. So it's not just a desire. It's an honest desire. And, you know, that, that, speaks to me, um, that speaks to me on a number of levels. First of all, honest. Letting go of the excuses. And this is why identification is so important. Not only identification with behaviors that got us into the mess, but also with the recovery. Because if everybody else can recover, I can. And I have to let go of my excuses. I don't have time. I'm the mother of small children. My job is very stressful, you know, whatever. Um, it has to be an honest desire. And it also means that more has to change than just the food. Because I have changed my food many, many times. I've gone on countless of diets, different variety of diets. You know, and sometimes I've succeeded and sometimes I have not succeeded. Uh, but the common denominator is that no matter what happened, I always picked up again and I always um, gained weight again. So more than the food has to change, and what has to change is me. And the only thing that is going to change me is working the steps because, you know, thought drives everything. You know, if I want what I never have, I have to do things that I have never done. And what I have never tried is to change the way I think. And this is the skill set that we learn in steps one through nine, and we practice until we become, you know, so-called perfect uh, in steps 10, 11, and 12, because when I act different, when I think differently, I feel differently, and I behave differently. And that's where the change is. It's not enough um, to uh, want to stop drinking. I need to stop wanting to drink. Um, you know, many times I stopped eating, but I never stopped wanting to eat. And this is the process that the, the steps gives us. Uh, or, or the vehicle that the steps give us to, to, to accomplish uh, this, this, this goal on, a, on an enduring basis, not just on a, a temporary basis, uh, but it has to be an honest desire, which means I've got to go to any length. I've got to work the steps. No excuses. This is about recovering, about a relationship with God, not just about changing the field. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. We'll have Deb W. followed by Melissa C. Go ahead, Deb. Good morning. This is Deb W. Recovered in Oklahoma. 
I wanted to go down because yesterday I started trying to share on this uh, uh, page, and I wanted to go down because I left out uh, something pretty important, and that was uh, the line that said that this fourth edition includes the 12 concepts for world service. And I have a note beside that because this is introducing the 12 concepts, and they're found on page 574. And a note that I got from someone who is wiser than me when I was noting and listening is that uh, the fellowship actually wrote down the hard lessons learned while the, it uh, developed so that the, the community would have the experience and the lessons uh, uh, around the mistakes and the hasty decisions that they made. So I just wanted to put that in there because it was important. Also, I w wanted to come down to the where we identified in it. That is what most of us do when we get uh, stay in this program is we can we heard the stories, we heard the shares in the meeting rooms, <clears throat> and we identified into them. Uh, and the thing of it is, is I when I came into program. I I was in the I read the first 164 pages, but my focus was in the personal stories. And honestly, this pro, this book is so powerful. I actually was able to read the stories and recover on the stories. You know, basically, I went to the someone else's way of doing the steps. You know, OA didn't have literature then, so I went mainly uh, to someone else's. Uh, way of doing the steps because I didn't really understand the way they laid out the steps in the big book, and I recovered. And yet, um, the the big book holds exactly what I need. I also remember take this pot off. I also remember that in the rooms, the focus that I remember remember sharing so much on over and over again was the three leg stool. You know. So when I came back out of relapse, it was like I've heard many people say, when, we, when I understood the dilemma of the disease, the dilemma of the allergy of the body, the dilemma of the mental twist, it was like I got it. I, I understand it on a totally different level. And as I worked through the book, big book and worked through it with other people, I see that the big book has every answer that I need. I mean, anything that comes up, I can go back to the big book and find a lines or a pages that really give an answer all the way up to, to the family and to the, the wives and to anything you need is referred back to. You know, if you don't quite know how to do uh, after you come out of uh, working your inventory, and it, it tells us directions on how to do the six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, Hi. so, okay, I knew I was getting there. And so I just wanted to uh, uh, wind up by saying everything we need is in the big book and our answers and, and how to continue to live in 10, 11, and 12. And thank you. Bye. Thank you, Deb W. Melissa C., you're next, followed by Red, uh, Renee C. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And um, oh, I'm glad you got me. Um, I wasn't sure that I was heard. Uh, you know, um, I always believed every time I embarked on some new idea that, hey, this is going to work for me. You know, so that very last line, um, I would grab onto really quick, um, but I didn't really understand 
what it was I was up against. And so I thought it was just food and weight. And so, um, yes, this diet is going to work for me, you know, because I thought that was my solution. Um, and, you know, it's no mistake. It's It's like God is hilarious, ironic that I'm going to find recovery um, in something that doesn't even mention food, doesn't even talk about food and weight. And yet the important element was that, yes, I did what they did and I felt the way that they felt. And food or substance has nothing to do with it. It's my mind that was broken. And so, you know, I, I laugh um, because my first experiences with the big book, of course, I didn't read um, the beginning parts. I didn't read the preface. I didn't read anything that was in Roman numeral. I flipped through the stories, hoping to find a story about a fat person who got thin, you know, and it wasn't there. Um, and so um, I had to dig a lot deeper into the book and into myself. And, you know, um, yes, the first 164 pages give us the directions um, to get recovered. But um, the stories, and specifically those last three lines that, you know, were just read, um, are also instructions for me. It tells me specifically how to stay recovered, and that's in carrying the message. And so, you know, when I talk to people today, um, I don't come at them with the instructions first. I don't say, hey, this is my food plan, or hey, these are the steps that I followed. I first start with, this is what I did, you know, and they either start to look like, oh, wait, I've done that too, and this is how I felt, and they either start, you know, relating to having felt that way, and then it's, um, and this is how I've changed, and this is what's worked for me, and um, it's just miraculous that a book, you know, that I completely shoved in a drawer for years and years and years has um, had life-changing effect on me. And um, thank you with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Uh, next is Renee C, followed by Reggie O. Go ahead, Renee. Good morning, Julie. This is Renee C, grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you for your service, and thanks to everyone who has shared and done service on this meeting today. Wow, there's so much in here in this last paragraph, actually in the whole portion that we read. But what I wanted to key on is, if you have a drinking problem, we hope that you may pause in reading one of the 42 personal stories. And as has already been shared, yes, that happened to me. More important, yes, I have felt like that. Or most important, yes, I believe this program can work for me too. I, too, came in to, the, to Overeaters Anonymous many years ago and studied the big book, but studied the stories. Kind of had it a little backwards. <laughs> this is a textbook, and I finally get that. This is a textbook, and we start at the beginning, and we go through the 164 pages. And then if, if we are recovered, we work steps 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis. I am so grateful for this program, and I am so grateful for these steps and these instructions. And I love that somebody um, in this fellowship calls this a little chip of a book, because it is to me. And I can identify in, and I can say, 
you know, my eating, my life, everything was unmanageable. I am currently finishing up my second step to start with uh, my step three and then on to step four. And I just am doing the work and receiving incredible blessings and incredible gratitude. And with that, I will pass. And thanks again. I love you all, and I wish you all a healthy, abstinent, wonderful Thanksgiving filled with gratitude. Thank you, Renee C. And Reggie O., you're next. Uh, thank you, Julie C., for your service this morning. And everybody, it's just so great to listen to the share. This is Reggie O. in uh, Los Angeles area of California. And boy, but this, yeah, the last paragraph really gets me to years ago, I, I was uh, started going to uh, Al-Anon. Many, 30, over 30 years ago, I started going to Al-Anon. And looking at how alcohol had impacted my life on the other side. And one day, I remember I sat straight up in bed, and I thought, I said to myself, I think I even said it out loud, wow, I, I'm an alcoholic with food, but I didn't know what to do with it. I, you know, I didn't know anything about, I, you know, OA or anything like that. And a week later, I had a, was on the phone with, the phone with a, a friend I had talked to in a while, and she had told me that, and she told me that she started this program called OA and a little bit about it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, wow. And then two weeks, and I, but I didn't do anything about it. I told her I had felt like I was an alcoholic with food. Two weeks later, I ran into another friend in the grocery store I hadn't seen in a while. And, uh, and she said basically the same thing. And I went to my first OA meeting and identified like I had never identified before. And it was really amazing. And I, um, <clears throat> so the, the identification was like so huge for me because I didn't know other people did what I did, you know, and I, but I ran into rooms full of everybody else who did what I did, and we had a great community. And uh, uh, and I did the steps in a wall. Uh, when I, I I actually did, I, you know, I guess I could use the word recovered back then because I I surrendered to a sponsor and said I'm willing to do whatever it takes after a bit of desperation. And I worked through steps in an a wall. My life took off in every direction. Got a great you know relationship with God, but eventually. I pulled I pulled away and um, and when I got far enough away it was really challenging to come back and uh, uh, and, and then you know I came back here in August and I I really you know I had this opportunity to learn the steps the portion of the book that really worked in a way I never had before really getting the doctor's opinion you know that yeah I put down the food but I have to that's first but. The second part of that is I have to work the steps, really work the steps for the you know the rest of my life in order to have the mental obsession removed and keep it removed, and that I need to grow spiritually every day. You know, I just don't, I, I don't do it one time. You know, I have to keep growing. And I've, you know, I had a spiritual experience in step nine, awakening. You know, it was uh, here this time. It was wonderful. I'm working step twelve with my sponsor right now, and uh, but the. You know, the point is I continue to identify at a deeper and a deeper level with people who have been have gone there before me at that deeper level. And and I need to remember that it's it's not a one time through the steps, you know. I understand them in a way I never had before. Appreciate them deeply, but I have to keep doing it, you know. I've I've completed nine and now it's like ten, eleven, twelve for the rest of my life in every area of my life. And I'm just so grateful to to have that and I need to keep being reminded you know I have a great forgetter I need to keep being reminded through listening to you all and then to you know work with other people so really grateful and uh, that's it for me today thank you Reggie O 
and it is time to close our meeting. I had a few people who were uh, scheduled to share, but if you could share the next hour. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Ginger C. please read A Vision for You? Good morning. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.